I need to have fun. Yeah, right. I need that fun. That fun thing is so important for me. Yeah. And that sense of play is so like, I'm a big kid. I have clouds on my ceilings, right? I, there's a lot of unicorns in my house, just unicorns, sculptures and stuff of unicorn. <laughs> I need to see fun. I need to create fun. I need to be around fun because there's a lot of not fun things. And I think this is what scares me is that I know what it's like when the fun is not on. I'm Trevor Campbell, and this is You Made Me Queer, the show where queer folks watch the subculture obsession they were bullied for being into become a best-selling t-shirt at Hot Topic. What's good, Sailor Moon? That's right, every episode I invite a fantastic 2S LGBTQIA plus guest to point the finger of blame at who and or what made them queer. It's hot as hell, and my brain... It was melting out of my ears. Can you hear it? Is that the ASMR you've been craving? Uh, well, here it is. Here come my millions. I'm also moving next week. So daddy's in flux. Daddy's in flux. And when daddy's in flux, if you can just keep it down, I'm going to put on some smooth jazz. If you can play in the other room. And when I'm ready to talk, you'll know. You'll feel it. We don't talk in this house about what I want. You sense it. I'm I'm projecting my childhood on you. Anyway, when the world is in flux, uh, strange things happen. So, for example, I'm trying to find creative ways to eat through my pantry so I don't have to fill an entire cardboard box full of dry lentils, which uh, is impractical, honestly, and very heavy. And speaking of legumes, how how's that for the segue you thought? I would never use and you would never hear. An alleged UFO sighting in a suburb of Toronto turned out, in fact, to be not a UFO, but a hot air balloon of planter's mascot, Mr. Peanut. And that got me thinking. It's time to give credit where credit is due and give that fey little cutie peanut bod with truly a natural hourglass figure the attention that they deserve. So may I present a new and uh, most likely, almost 100% likely, one-time-only segment I am calling, not on my watch, Portrait of a Queero, space, and dash, space, the Mr. Peanut story, space, opening parentheses, abridged version, close parentheses. Mr. Peanut is the advertising logo of mask yes i'm really doing this and mascot of planters an american snack food company owned by hormel he is depicted as an anthropomorphic peanut in its shell dressed in the formal clothing of an old-fashioned gentleman which includes top hat monocle white gloves spats and a cane he wait for this he is reportedly of british heritage and has the proper name of Bartholomew Richard Fitzgerald hyphen Smythe. This is, someone was paid to generate this backstory. Have you heard the term overlore? Am I coining the term overlore? This is too much. This is called gilding the lily. This is called overinflation. We don't care. Well, I want to say we don't care, but I'm actually very enticed. So let's continue. So come back with me to 1916, uh, where a young schoolboy named Antonio Gentile submitted drawings of an anthropomorphic peanut to a design contest. When his design was selected, a commercial artist added the monocle, top hat, and cane to create what is now an undeniably iconic image. By the mid-1930s, Mr. Peanut in its cartoon glory had come to symbolize the entire peanut industry. And is one of the best-known icons in advertising. 
It gets weirder. Wait. In 2006, planters held an online contest to determine whether to add a bow tie, cufflinks, or a pocket watch to Mr. Peanut. The public's vote? No changes. So imagine how much money (laughs) went into this contest. This enormous contest to reimagine Mr. Peanut uh, and nothing was done. I get this as advertising in any press is good press, but this is why, if you wonder... Uh, This is why the earth is rejecting us. This is why the Anthropocene is upon us and we are being burned off truly the face of the earth because we waste our time and we keep doing it. On January 22nd, 2020, Planters released a teaser for its Super Bowl commercial featuring Mr. Peanut, Wesley Snipes, and Matt Walsh. The trio were shown hanging onto a branch after accidentally driving the nutmobile, which is apparently also a thing, off a cliff to avoid an armadillo, with Mr. Peanut electing to let go and fall to his death onto the nutmobile, which then explodes. This is, you know, for all intents and purposes, ostensibly a mascot that should appeal to children. Anyway, the company decided to kill it and that the subsequent funeral of Mr. Peanut would be the subject of the Planters Super Bowl ad. At said funeral, this is remember that this is a real thing that happened, attendees included Mr. Kool-Aid, whose tears combined with sunlight to cause a new, younger incarnation of Mr. Peanut to appear, named, wait for it, Baby Nut, who grew out of the soil. Time passes, Baby Nut becomes Peanut Jr., Peanut Jr. grows into the new Mr. Peanut. So this is now like a body snatcher's peanut replacement. The original Mr. Peanut is dead in an automobile accident. And now we have this sort of um, replacement, this Cylon-type Battlestar Galactica replacement who walks among us. And uh, I'll tell you what, on Grinder looks pretty hot and sends nudes right away. So Mr. Peanut is queer and we salute you. But Mr. Peanut is not my guest today. (laughs) Although, now I'm thinking maybe they should have been. But no, I joke, I have an even better guest. A guest that I am very, very excited about, as you will hear from the tone and timbre of my voice in the uh, subsequent conversation, which is next in this podcast. My guest is Daphne Joseph. Daphne Joseph, actress, improv legend, voiceover artist, eternal child, some might say cloud sculptor, Mr. Peanut superfan? Let's learn less about Mr. Peanut and more about Daphne Joseph. Daphne is a bilingual actor and improviser, born and raised in Montreal, who moved to Toronto in 2006 to pursue acting and writing. Daphne is a graduate of the Second City Training Center's Conservatory and Longform Program. She's performed in many shows with Second City. She's very, very funny. She's part of the Bad Dog Comedy Theater's inaugural featured players and continues to be an improv and comedy instructor in both English and French at Bad Dog, which is how I know her. Yes, Daphne taught me improv. And as you probably get the sense of from my Mr. Peanut monologue, Uh, She did great work. She really rubbed off. Uh, Daphne, as I said, has performed in French with the improv troupe Les Improbables, Les Clubs de Marteau, and a sketch troupe called, wait for it, Booby Trap. She is one half of the black female improv comedy duo Coco and Daphne. Coco, like Coco Galore, like second episode of You Made Me Queer Guest Coco Galore. That's right. Together, they have performed in multiple festivals in North America, including cities such as Philadelphia, Chicago, and New York City. Baby, Daphne is fun as hell, and I really think you're going to enjoy this interview. She makes it special. She makes me laugh a lot. She is silly. She is quick. She yes ands everything I say, but why don't you hear for yourself? So, without further ado, please welcome the one, really, the only... Mr. Peanut. Just kidding. Daphne Joseph. It's been a while. I know. How you been? I mean, I'm not dead yet. Oh, that's something (laughs) to be happy about. (laughs) That's where my bar is. Okay. Each morning I wake up and I'm like, 
not dead. That's actually amazing. This is what everyone should be doing. <laughs> like waking up and being happy that you are not dead. I know. Just not acknowledging. <laughs> so, so far, so good, I guess. What about you? Good. I can't really complain. I, you know, I'm like you said, I am also not dead. Don't steal my bit. No, that's all I got. <laughs> but I don't know. I'm not dead. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I'm glad you're not. Yes, I, I am kind of happy too. I'm not going to lie. This episode would have been like... uh in memory of yeah but i would still have jumped i would have jumped in you know that's right even (laughs) i would have absolutely jumped in i'm like don't get me in somehow (laughs) also um yes people listening to a podcast cannot appreciate any of this Mm. but daphne in my mind is famous for a room full of art (laughs) living in a room full of art so daphne uh taught me improv once upon a time yes her room was full of clouds and now i see are those bananas? Never. They're, they're moon. I said never because I hate that food. <laughs> you hate bananas. <laughs> and I know everybody loves it, so it makes it even worse. But wait, I'm trying to adjust. So it's like the moon phases. I actually made this out of resin. It's like the moon phases. Yeah, it's not. It's the, I was the first time I was doing it. I think I'm going to do another one. No. I love it. Me, th- me saying bananas, it was not a read. It did not fail. I'm far away. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Gorgeous. So it's like truly a, like a skyscape behind you. Yeah, I try. I do. I like arts and crafts. So I was, I, whenever I could do a little bit of arts and crafts, it's fun. You know, I try different things. One day, like I did this painting here. Um, this is all podcast gold. We're all pointing yeah. to visual references. <laughs> Look at this. People are like, this is frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> I feel left out. Yeah, why am I listening to this? Yeah, I just enjoy doing a lot of arts and crafts. Yeah, totally. I think it's uh, common for artists, creatives, if you will, mm-hmm. to just have so many weird little other creative outlets. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Especially now that we're not on stage anymore. And even though there's online improv, uh, you know, I, I miss the stage a lot. I So getting it during the pandemic, I just really, I was going to say double down. That's not the word. Mm. I really started doing a lot more arts and crafts. I used to say a lot of things and rarely get into it. Yeah. And I work at an arts and crafts store. So, no way. <laughs> yeah. So I have all the, I buy everything. And then I'm like, wow, what should I do? I don't know. Just gotta go smoke some weed. Yeah, stare <laughs> at the like, window. Yeah, and I'm like, mm, I'm not being creative, and everything <laughs> I need is there. So yeah, oh, definitely. Oh no, you got no excuse. No, no, no more. I tried. I tried to look for this. I just have to do it, and then sometimes you just gotta do it. Sometimes there's no structure. Like you could do watercolor today, and then tomorrow do resin art. There's just do whatever you feel like. You are the teacher and the student in the classroom of life, Daph. Ooh, I want to get you. that tattoo. Yeah, I like that's, that. Or it's going to be maybe, pretty long. Yeah, I did think about that. <laughs> maybe just on a t-shirt. Maybe on this t-shirt. I don't, I don't know why I went straight to tattoos. Just like wrapping around your neck. That's what I was thinking, like a necklace. Yeah. That would be great. That would be good. Kind of painful. You can imp- It would be very painful. Maybe choose like a, a nice small font so it Absolutely. won't be so, no flourishes. Of course not. You don't want to be too much, you know? <laughs> that's, that's right. And it's a very uh, understated tattoo. <laughs> so you're definitely not being too much at all. Never. When you were a kid, yes. because you're so artsy, <laughs> did you always want to be funny or did you want to be like an art teacher? So um, n- none of... So I was always, and I, I, it's funny because I don't want to say I was always funny, but I was always very silly, Yeah, you know, like fun and making people laugh how, were, was always something that I enjoyed so much. But I always knew I wanted to be an actress. Mm, I think okay. for me, it was like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to act. And it, when I moved to Toronto, I started doing improv in Toronto, but I had done improv in Montreal. And I knew comedy was something that... Um, Really, I really don't want to say it comes easy to me because that sounds like <laughs> everyone, I am so hilarious. But I do find a lot of, you know, I would do a lot of comedy, but every gig that I've booked were very serious. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So if you look at my first gig was, uh, my first commercial was a sick kid commercial. Oh. And to book the gig, I had to cry in front of like four or five it was casting directors and directors and stuff like that. And like, you had a few seconds to get ready in a room. And then she's like, Daphne, we're ready. And my face is red and I cry, 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 cry. No one is talking. You don't even do your slate at the beginning. They're just like, keep crying. And then at the end, and I had to do this a second time for a callback 
and then do it when I booked the gig. And that was my first professional actra gig. Whoa. And my, my, my agent is like, this is so funny. All of your training is comedy. But then I booked an inmate for a, t- for a show. <laughs> oh, um, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the director's like, it's so funny. You're so friendly and bubbly. But as soon as you turn it on to be like in the inmate, I was like, I was a badass. Okay. I had a tattoo on my neck. Yes. So I wasn't fucking around. It wasn't what you said, though. It was a little bit more, okay. <laughs> a little bit more dangerous. But, <laughs> but <laughs> it was definitely wasn't like you are a student of life. No, it was like That's a right. big, <laughs> like a spider thing. <laughs> but it was always that acting was the thing. I'm like, I'm. I'm going to be, I need to act. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be an actress. And it's funny because that makes sense to me. I think people outside of the industry might be surprised, but com- comedians are usually, well, not usually, sometimes really funny <laughs> because they've learned how to process deep trauma. Oh yeah. We're super, we're super traumatized yeah. and uh, damaged. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, we got, we deal with, <laughs> you, you have to be a little bit uh, in your head too, <laughs> yeah. and I don't. At this point, the the, the listeners are like, "What did she say?" <laughs> there was a, a dramatic hand gesture. Absolutely, yeah. You have to want to do comedy to put yourself in a position. First of all, being so vulnerable. But I always say that the thing that a comedian have is that we. I have problems. You have problems. But I am. When you come and watch a show that I'm in or one of my shows, I want you to not think about your problem for ten minutes. And that's a lot to ask to people. It's a big, right? We have shit in our mind. Mind constantly. We're thinking, I, you know how many things pops in your mind in, oh, in the oh, last yeah. of five minutes, right? Oh, From yeah. health, money, family, self-doubt. And that's just, look, there's like a bunch of thought that we don't even have time to even acknowledge they happen so fast. So as a comic, you have to be into your craft so much that you're able to tell the audience, um, not the, well, pretty much the audience, don't worry about anything else. I'm going to take care of your feeling too. And you have to be damaged for that. You have to, you have, <laughs> you have to, you have to be insane yeah. to, to be this arrogant almost. Yeah. Like a masochist and arrogant and, That's us. and all sorts of things. And the, Daphne, this is the perfect segue because okay. you talked about, uh, you know, trust me, just let me take care of you mm-hmm. situation sort of thing. And this is something, you know, in the 70s, the 80s, maybe even the 90s mm-hmm. that older queer folks were doing. Because as mm-hmm. we know, the gay agenda is real and queer people are yeah. roaming the planet saying, trust me, kid. Like, yes. hey, I've got some candy in my van, that sort of shit. That's what, mm-hmm. you, so you get it. We didn't yes. know any better. All queer people do this, by the way. Everyone's got a panel van and we all have a box of candy in the van. Yes, we're terrible people. So, I mean, yeah. we'd change if we could, but we can't. No. So here we are. And that's why I brought you here today. Because Thank you. Because we know no, yeah, thank you. No, thank you. Um, because we know that um, we didn't know any better at the time. Yeah. And that's why we fell prey to this. Now people know better. So, you know, the world will heal itself. Global warming will end. Uh, Simone Biles will win the Olympics as she should have. Yes. But, and then she will be allowed to take a break and and not have to justify. I mean, do you know what it should be? It fuck? should be Simone Biles goes home, chills out, maybe has an iced coffee. When she feels ready, that's awesome. she walks out of her house, yeah. does her tricks. We give her a gold medal and she goes back inside. That's it. We don't choose when she performs. She chooses. No, absolutely. Yeah. I thought I was so disrespectful, but yes, absolutely. But I, you're right. But I digress. Yes. So, so well, oh, maybe she'll come up again later. But what I brought you here to do today, Daphne, mm-hmm. is finally once and for all to be able to point the finger of blame oh. at who and or what Daphne Joseph made you queer <laughs> oh who could i blame <laughs> so many people <laughs> get comfortable so many people mm-hmm. okay so there was a show a french show i grew up watching called chambranville mm-hmm. which is such a good show and um the one of the character and it her name was lola Ooh. and lola was so she was so intense and I want to say rough because she just like, whenever she thought about something, it just came out, but it had like the biggest heart, like deep inside her friends. She would be terrible at times. And then other times you're like, Lola, you're so nice. And she was in this very on and off, slightly toxic, not slightly, actually very toxic relationship with a guy named Pete, but I had a huge crush on her. And before I didn't know, it was a crush. I mm. thought I wanted to be her. 
That happens a lot with queer kids, I think. Yeah. So how old were you at this time? Oh, mon Dieu, I was, I was young. And it, was, it wasn't clear also in my mind because I'm like, I know I like, I was like, I like men. I like, well, I like men back then. I didn't use, I'm like, I like boys. Yeah. But then I'm like, but I like her too. What is going on? Yeah. Do I not like them anymore? And uh, so in, in my mind, I think I... I didn't, I didn't, this is one of the, the thing about me. I didn't stay too long on that thought. Yeah. Once I was like, oh, maybe I just want to be her. And then I just kept seeing her very strong, but I couldn't get, I couldn't take my eyes off of her mm-hmm. about that character. And that art and that actress is such a talented actor. Then whenever I saw them, like, I love that character, Lola, but the actress, I forgot what her name is, uh, Anne Dorval, Anne Dorval. Okay. She just owns everywhere she goes. When she needs to be funny, she is super hilarious. And I'm like, the older I got, I understood. Oh, no, you have a crush on her. Oh, yeah. It's not, it's not that you want to be her or that you love her artistic choices. Uh, or maybe it, you do, too. I do. I definitely mm. do. But I'm like, I like her like her. She <laughs> makes me blush. And like I'm by myself watching. And I'm like. <laughs> yeah, you want to shove Pete out of the way and go for an ice cream. Uh, get out of here, Pete. Yes. Get out of here, Pete. Pete, you're terrible. You try, <laughs> but you're not. You don't. <laughs> and she keeps running back and I would get frustrated. Yeah. Like, yeah. not like a friend, like a like a girlfriend. <laughs> don't go back. Yeah. But I would blame her. But did you have any template at this time in your life? Like, did you know any queer people? No. No. No, not, not at all. And also, the, not just uh, the neighborhood I grew up in. Also, we didn't talk about stuff like that. Yeah. And, um... You know, I'm Haitian and in my community also, not a lot. And I remember my mom used to say, it's hard enough being black. Mm. What would you? And I never, I always understood like my bisexuality is something that I I see back. I don't even know if even saying it feels like too much of a label. I didn't even realize that I was almost like, so it's almost like I made it. um, Well, first, yeah, my mom used to say that because growing up uh, in Haiti, they kill gay people. Yeah. So whenever she said that, I never felt like she talked about me because for me, it was like, eh, I don't know. I, I didn't feel like I was, um, when she talked about gays, I didn't think she talked about me. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it was like, oh, okay. And then it was pretty much in our, in our community, it's worse if you are a man and you're gay. And that is a lot of shame. So if, whenever they refer to gay people, they usually refer to men. Yeah. And then since I knew, I was like, but I also like guys. Well, I guess there's no name for what I am. And or really, as if I didn't think about that as much. And then yeah. I didn't become, yeah, like even a community, we didn't talk about that. And I have some friends too uh, who are identifies bisexual and a, a weird baked in challenge. Because for me, I'm pretty like, Webster's Dictionary gay, even though I identify as queer. <laughs> right, right. But at the time, it was like, I wasn't, it was just like, oh, I'm attracted to men. So like, what right. does that mean? It's not, if I'd also been attracted to women, I think I would have been like, oh, maybe that's just a phase or whatever. I think it mm-hmm. complicates the thought, especially in like, I don't know what the time period you were in. We were definitely less publicly evolved about those conversations. Absolutely. So I, yeah, I have some friends who were like, I thought maybe I was straight and I just really liked my female friends. Yeah. Yeah, and then even for my, and, and I think I never put more effort to even find out what it was. I was just like, ah, I guess I like girls. Until I start like liking girls that I actually met. And I'm like, oh, this is not just a girl that's on TV. I have a crush on you and you're in front of me. Yeah. That's a little bit different. But yeah, I, I it wasn't talked about. And even, yeah, just a, gays were usually attached to just men yeah and that was very shameful you know they were like that's not right why would you do this to the family and that was always pr- coming from a place of in haiti yeah yeah there's not even that conversation so i always understood what my mom was saying because so she never said anything bad about gay never felt like she hated them but it was like you know we have a lot of problems right now so yeah. <laughs> why would we and i never brought it up it was never said so i was like nah. <laughs> yeah, I'll just keep going and just keep watching my Endorvel. 
Absolutely. I was like, one day, hopefully, you know, we could hang out. Yeah, but right. even then, like, that's all I knew. And then I was watching porn. I, I just could. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're going to come back to that. Yeah. I just, I've Googled Endorval from Chambonville. And, Chambonville. Uh, yeah, Chambonville. Mm-hmm. So she is smoking hot and she's aged very well. She's like yes. a curly banged brunette with some big uh, silver earrings and a scrunchy, Absolutely. maybe a crushed velvet top. Yes. Gorge. Gorgeous. Uh, every time I saw her talking also, she was so elegant, but fun and almost like, can't fuck with me. Yes. I was like, but I want to. <laughs> That's what I, I want to do. <laughs> I've a very specific way. I do want to fuck with you. Funnily. I kind of do. I kind of do. <laughs> so you were able to kind of like, I don't want to say yeah. partition that, but basically be like, okay, this doesn't mean quite X and Y. So then what was the next step? Straight to internet porn, is that what you said? Pretty much, yeah. I'm not going to lie. This made, because I was also actively having crushes on guys. Yeah. It was easy, you know, I I was like, nah, I like this guy. So that part of my brain, I never explored. But when I would go online, especially back then, to to watch porn was so terrible. You had to like. Are we talking about like dial-up internet? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Me too, yeah. Oh my gosh, these times were tough. They were tough. (laughs) like. And I am in a big family. We were were four kids plus my mom. So there's always someone. But um, I think also when I started watching porn and finally being able to connect and (laughs) finally nobody was home, I was like, this is where it started to make a little bit more sense to me. I'm like, no, I'm actually enjoying this a lot. Right. And because like, you know, porn, not famous for its storylines or character development. Absolutely. It's not like you were watching this being like, oh, I really identify with this character. You're like, no, she's just hot. She's hot. Yeah. <laughs> what a great oh, wonder, story arc. Yeah. I wonder what her subtech is. What is the moment before? I don't. Uh, That's right. The plumber came to fix yeah. her sink. Is she going to pay for that pizza or not? <laughs> no, she probably won't. Where's but, the, yeah. inside the actor studio? <laughs> I gotta know. Gotta know. What's, this, what's the ending? I don't know how it ends. Uh, definitely porn. And it's funny because I think that porn really uh, solidified the whole thing. Yeah. I was like, there's no more question. Yeah. Daphne, this is, you like this. You like this a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and that's weird. Like for, I mean, certainly you had like Haitian culture had its own views about yes. queer folks. Yes. You come from a, I know religion is kind of baked into Haitian culture mm-hmm. in some ways, but were you a religious family too? Yeah. Yeah. We went to church and um, uh, <laughs> I was like, as if, no, we went to church. I prayed mm-hmm. at night, uh, yeah. prayed in the morning. And um, it is part of, the Haitian culture and community aspect of it too. It's like, if you don't go to church, uh, I knew like, like if I, when we, when we got older, we stopped going to church. We started going on our own time. And then at this point, my mom was like, I just want you to be aware that this is a place you could turn to when prayer is needed and stuff like that. And I'm going to be honest. It actually is as much as right now, I, I wouldn't say I'm Catholic. I'm not Catholic. I, and I'm not in the organized religion anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm more spiritual as much as you hear that all the time, but I guess I'm more spiritual. So I do respect all these years of going to church and having that structure and turning into, I turning into God when things are too much. Uh, but I don't remember where I was going with that. Yeah. Okay. So just like, uh, <laughs> it's okay. So uh, where I was leading you, steering you uh, subconsciously was, because it sounds like a pretty joyful evolution for you, but were yes. you also like trying to fight it? Because, you know, you've been raised Catholic. No, this, uh, I never thought, no, I never thought to fight it. Good. There was no part. I think it's also because I also just allowed that I wasn't going to explore it. Oh, okay. Because I was like, well, this is just a thing. I don't know. There was no name for it. And when you're young, there's no name for it. So it doesn't really exist. So I'm like, I guess I'll just be this girl that likes, that is with men mm. and will like girls, I guess, or like women and watch porn. So it was just, there was never room to explore it. And it never bothered me. Amazing. You know, maybe I made peace with it. I, I don't yeah. know. It's that, it's only in retrospect. I think about you. I was like, this was just not in my 
surrounding. And then I moved to Toronto and I'm like, oh, this is absolutely in my surrounding. Oh, so did, did it kind of not like wait? Because obviously we're talking about it. Spoiler, I'm going to release this podcast. So this news will be public. What? I hope you're ready. I know, what? So I thought sorry. this was a private conversation <laughs> with microphones. <laughs> That's right. By the way, why is that microphone in front of you? Yeah. So obviously at some point you chose to start voicing this and sharing this. Mm-hmm. What was that about? Was that moving to Toronto and you wanted to explore it? or? And also, I feel like we we went Lola hardcore porn toronto like i mean this is your game but did you skip anything yeah i didn't like like um i remember in my child like i made out with a girl <gasps> and yeah but i feel like yeah I, I don't know i'm trying to remember what my mindset was when i was doing it and i think i was just excited that i was making out with a girl but i don't think i liked her any i, I wasn't attracted to her i was just like i'm making out with a girl so yeah yeah yeah, but it moving then Toronto was different because that was the first time I was by myself. And also I was in a city that no one knew me. Yeah. Right. I can't. So I think you also allow yourself to try things where I, there, there's no in Montreal. Montreal is really small. I feel like I know everyone in Montreal. Everybody knows me, knows my family. Um, when you're not sure about something, you kind of stay in your own lane. Totally. But Toronto was just like. All right. And then when you get into improv, uh, the comedy world and stuff like that. Everyone's a slut. Yeah. Then I'm like, I'm home. <laughs> no, <I'm kidding. laughs> Let's improv making out. I know what you mean, because I have moved around a lot in my life. We moved really? around the whole time I was growing up. Okay. And as an adult, I lived overseas for years and years and years at, mm-hmm. in different places. And that was so... I grew up Catholic too. Mm-hmm. So that was so important for my development, getting to, like you said, change all my reference points. And yeah. like, I'm not tied to my brother's identity or my parents' identity or the identity of the kid you knew two years ago. Cause I'm just mm-hmm. very much in the moment, which was yes. really freeing. That, yeah. It's important to do that. Ideally. Uh, I feel like all I knew was Montreal and not only all I knew was Montreal, all I knew was my neighborhood. Yeah. Right. Like I, uh, my name, I grew up in Kudinej in Montreal, which is like, oh, so pretty. Kind of, that's really funny that you say that because it's actually the hood. Ah, really? <laughs> yeah, it just sounds really nice. And it's funny because whenever I say this to people, they're like, ooh, Kudinej. Oh, I was like, Kudinej. oh, no, no, no. <laughs> this is, nobody says that about Kudinej. Is that near like Concordia Metro? Uh, it's not far from me. Ah, okay. is up the hill because Kudinej is that long hill. Yeah. That long hill, which yeah. is the translation is hill of snow. Right. Um, and when you live at the bottom of the hill, technically, this is where the hood is. When you live at the top of the hill, this is where things are nice. And if you continue on Codinet Street, you make it to Guy Concordia, which yeah. you're downtown. Totally. But um, yeah, it just sounds nice. But <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Everything in French sounds, oh, Codinet. Ooh, like I have a hot cocoa. Yeah, it is that. Yeah, it is definitely <laughs> that. Yeah, <laughs> I know what you mean, though. But also, do you find like you talked about sort of uh, not code switching, but like identity mm-hmm. play? I mean, it's tied to improv in a cool way, too. Yeah. But as a bilingual person, did you feel like, you know, primarily using French in Montreal and then flipping to English, you got to like, I don't know, is English speaking Daphne sluttier Daphne? Is she the queerer Daphne? <laughs> no, I was uh, the sluttier Daphne is absolutely the French Daphne. Because this is this is what we do, okay? <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> like French people are, are very so so this is also the yeah, this is absolutely the French. The English Daphne is uh, a, a Daphne that I think also uh is a Daphne that supports the French Daphne. Like the English Daphne has un- understands her sexuality and is uh, right. It's almost like everything I thought about this was Daphne in French, maybe uh, a little bit more of the child Daphne. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah, the English is Daphne is the English Daphne that did research, that did somewhere, that acknowledged some stuff. So now I could call it even the uh, saying bisexuality. For me, bisexuality means that. Uh, I like everyone. Yeah, you know, and then later on, I'm finding out I'm like I should actually use the term pansexual. Yeah, because for me, a, a trans woman is a woman, and a trans man is a man. So I, I'm still the French Daphne is you like everyone, but you don't know <laughs> what it's called. Yeah, and yeah. the English Daphne is like there's actually words for that, and not only words, there is a community and there's a story and 
there is a, a struggle, you know, I don't know what I'm looking for. No, there is a struggle. There is a history and there is work to be done. And you coming out as, as queer is important for, uh. right? So the French Daphne probably would have been like, nah, I don't have to tell anyone. If someone <laughs> asks me, I'll say it. But if you see me walking with a, with a woman, you, I won't feel the need to have to say anything. I would just totally. Yeah. yeah. The English Daphne uh, knows a little bit more. Can I say this is the TV show I, I want to see, which is... Yeah. English Daphne, who's the older sister, French Daphne, your twins, maybe. Maybe, the, maybe the working title is Double D, but maybe that's too racy. I love it. I love it so much. Okay, great. I love it Double so D. much. So we've got the two, your twin sisters, and you just get into all kinds of shit. We're, we're a lot. Like um, English Daphne is doing a lot to support. <laughs> <laughs> She's French like I, the sponsor of French Daphne. Yeah, because French Daphne is just uh, up there, right? This, <laughs> there's no words for what she wants. Everything's just like, oh, this is fun. This is amazing. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. And then the English one's like, no, there's there's things and things that you should know just to know more about yourself yeah. and make peace. And English Daphne goes to therapy. Let's just say that. That's, yes, <laughs> that's right. You made me queer. You made me queer. We'll be right back. And now back to more You Made Me Queer. You made me queer. I love that so much. And I think, you know, you have maybe the benefit of getting, because you have such uh, parallel experiences, you can think about it clearly in that mm-hmm. way. Other people might have to like, I don't know, fragment themselves more. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think that's, we all do that in different ways where we're like, you know, like the ego and the id. I did go to yes. college. That's Woo! right. Um, in a relationship with one another, you know, yes. in dialogue. Yes. I'm waving my hands right now in a smart uh, professorial way. So I look it's very working. intelligent. Thank you. You are. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yes. So in conclusion, uh, great. So then you moved to Toronto, mm-hmm. to right? English Daphne, etc. <laughs> and then happily ever after? Happily ever after. But then I got into a relationship with a man for mm. 10 years. Wow. And But what was great with this person, I... From the beginning, I introduced myself to this person as queer. Awesome. And I was like, this is it. And it felt really good saying it to someone. It, it just came out. Like, I did, this is how what French Daphne would have. This is also the French Daphne. I'm like, I'm just saying it. I don't really care if you like it, if you don't like it. Like I, It's as if it, it just was, it was said and that's it. I'm not, gonna, I'm not overthinking it. I'm embracing the part. I'm like, I'm saying that I'm queer. So, and I also told them I, but this, at this point, we were both on the same, we're both on the same line at the time of, uh, we're both poly. Yeah. Um, I'm like, and I'm also poly. I don't, I don't think I'm to do monogamous relationship. And he was like, yes. And I'm like, all right, well, this is, this is very productive. So. Oh my God. Was that the first time you felt like you started a relationship completely? Yeah. Yes. Completely honest. Yes. And I think it's because at the beginning of the relationship, I was in trying to be in a relationship with this person. Great. I just met this person. I felt like this person, uh, this is my first time I met in Toronto. And I immediately felt like uh, hanging out with this person felt like I was back home. Cool. And this is someone that even though we're not together anymore, and this is, we were together for 10 years, we're separated for three. So I've known this person for 13 years. Mm. We're still very, very close. And uh, he's, we, uh, we co-parent the dog. So Aww. the dog goes to, like the dog is at the cottage <laughs> with him now. But it felt so good. And he also told me, uh, this is what you're going to keep doing. Yeah. You're not going to do, it came out so easily. And his reaction was just like, okay. Cool. And that was like authentic you being seen. That's right. And this yeah. is how I try to live my life. And I start setting standards for next relationship. And because I don't, before I didn't really set any standards. Yeah. Uh, just overall. Now I'm like going forward. This is what I want. I will say that shit once. And <laughs> if I feel like it's making you feel any kind of way, bye. I'm not wasting this. And my energy is very important for me. Mm-hmm. So that was very very enlightening. And, and I mean, it's hard because people say, you know, if uh, you're looking too much for a relationship, if you're trying to qualify yourself or like mm-hmm. fit yourself into a hole, it's just not going to work as well. And there, because there's something so attractive about like, this is who I am. Do you yeah. like it? Great. If not, have a great day. Yeah. It's better that you step off. And I think it's also because I came to Toronto, I came to Toronto when I was 22 mm. and I, I was like, 
I came here to be an actress. I didn't come here to have a boyfriend. I didn't come here to have a girlfriend. Uh, I'm hoping I could have great sex, hopefully. Uh, that was the goal, right? Yeah. Because I'm like, I left some sex in Montreal. So I'm hoping we can replace the sex. That's right. That and it, that mega bus did not exist yet. Well, actually, it did. Oh. It did. And you know how terrible it was. It was You could have bought tickets for $10. I was I, all over. Those oh, I've done it many times. Have yeah. you? So oh, we yes. Probably, we probably have seen each other in, the, in those buses. Probably. Second floor only. I, I'll, always. When they upgraded. You think I'm going to sit next to the toilet? Are you insane? Excuse me? Excuse me? I just paid $14 for this ticket. How dare you? I'm an actor. That's right. <laughs> I'm of the upper class. I cry on camera all the time. Excuse me. You better fucking Google me. Please. And, and it felt it going <laughs> this mega bus life was was so real. Oh my god. But I was happy that that was done. And I'm there's no going back. Yeah. There's no going back. I'm approaching everything like that in life and yeah I, i'm hoping i i this is the future for me that i never go back to that's so beautiful i love that because there's something sometimes people i think maybe this is true but miscategorize like you get older you're set in your ways you're more stubborn eh maybe but mm. also once you are authentically yourself I think for queer people, big time, and you learn how good that feels. It's just not worth going back. There's no going back. And I, there's, there's an influencer. I listen to her all the time. Her name is Hey Friend Hey. Mm-hmm. And I, in my mind, we're best friends. I mean, I, <laughs> I know, sometimes I, I say, <laughs> sometimes I sit down, I'm like, I wonder what Hey Friend Hey's doing. Just like <laughs> that, because I feel like she'd be doing something like meditating or like connecting with her inner self. I don't know. I love her so much. But I remember I start. I was, I was going to say I started speaking to her. No, I started listening <laughs> to wish. her. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we started talking and right after my mom's passing, mm. which was so heavy mm. for me. And it was a perfect time to meet her. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, this is, you project the reality you want. I'm here Absolutely. This is, will be important in my healing journey to meet. Hey, Franny, I'm putting it out in the universe. Hey, yeah. Franny, I love you. But um, <laughs> she said something and, uh, Losing my mom was, I felt so torn because I'm like, I want to be in Montreal with my family, but I feel like mm. I need to be here because my career just was just starting also. And it's, it's intense to get back on stage two weeks to make people laugh after you just lost your person, that person who was, my mom was my everything. Yeah. But hey, friend, hey, said something uh, that really stuck with me. She said, uh, life is not about defining yourself. It's about undefining yourself. And then hearing this, in my mind made it's all it's almost like it made so much sense i needed to be so raw and so emotionally vulnerable to really absorb what she said of you know that thing that you thought about yourself it's okay to change it and chances are you should change it and then once you <laughs> allow it because i think we keep thinking i'm like oh I, i'm like this and i would bring also a lot of uh code de neige in yeah. toronto I was like well this is where i'm from when could de neige, we wouldn't allow this well you're not in code de neige anymore <laughs> you it is still part of you but i can't go and like and think like that all the time i had to shed some of these believers on undefined, undefining yes. them it was very very healthy for me to hear that it was a perfect timing for me to be ready to absorb that wow and it made me accept so many things about myself. I'm like, I don't like this anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that funny? Like, the because I mean, you've you really talked about your evolution and the stages of your evolution and how much you change, but you had to allow yourself to do that. And it's way too easy to be like, nah, I'm not the kind of person who X, Y, Z. Yeah. But then it actually, if you do it, uh, sometimes you really like it mm-hmm. and you can find these parts of yourself that maybe you were too, maybe earlier you would have done it, but you were too afraid or you were in the wrong place or who knows? There's so many things. Yeah. And this is why I think improv is therapeutic at this point, because everybody knows that if you, every day you do one thing that scares you, you become mm. a better person. Everybody knows that this is, uh, this is the law. It's a law, the law of nature. <laughs> no, it's the law. It's a, it's a government and police law. It's written places. Yeah. But um, so imagine doing improv every day, jumping in, trying something that is out of character. Yeah. Also in improv, how you're supposed to do things that don't really feel natural. Like I say, don't ask questions, make a statement about someone. You wouldn't do that in your everyday life, but in improv, 
I need you to do that. I need right. you. And I need you to make a statement about who you are. Feel a way about something. I think I repeat this in every class I teach. I'm like, how do you feel about this person? Why am I watching this? So making yeah. bold statement like that. So imagine doing this all the time. I think that's why, yeah, like every corporation now is trying to book a, like an in-house improv class. Absolutely. Realize, oh, this unlocks things for everyone. And funnily enough, that just made me think of because my queer journey has been long. Mm. And initially, because I went to music theater school, which was very gay friendly. Okay. <laughs> I know. So, yes. Yeah, so, like, every being gay wasn't uh, stigmatized there. But being a femme cis male was mm. stigmatized. Because you had to be this male archetype. Right. So I hung on to that for so long. And one thing, when I started doing improv, which I love, at first, uh, the first time I did improv was in San Francisco, this place called Stageworks. Okay. And I remember doing scenes and being like, stopping myself because I was like, that's too femme. Mm. So I was policing, even in play, even when I was mm. like, I'm a mad scientist. Yeah. I was policing like my gender performance in these roles. It was so weird, but then yeah. it made it so easy for me to understand. Oh my God, I'm do I'm afraid to... I don't know, stand a certain way or use mm -hmm. a certain pitch of voice. And it sounded so dumb. And only through improv could I realize, oh, I'm policing myself all the time. Yeah. Oh, that's so good to hear. That's Thanks. so important to hear things like that. Yeah. That, because um, we do that. I mean, we do that even if we're not doing improv. Like, you're to, for you to be able to name it, to have your own Eng uh, English version of Trevor. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe this is your French version. Be yeah. able to say it and call it out and and say, oh, oh shit, this is what I'm doing to myself. That's the that's when you're like, oh, the call's coming from inside the house. And, and, and that that's the hardest thing. Yeah. Things like how people deal with you and view you, you have zero control over that, right? It's like, well, mm -hmm. fuck you. As long as you you you're not a friend, you're not in my way, then we're good. But when the hate comes from inside. That's a tough one. A That's a hard one. That's so good. congratulations for being able to say it, not just in an impulse setting, just for your life. Oh, God. Thanks. And thanks, yes. uh, psychotherapy. Oh, thank you, psychotherapy. Oh, my God, for everything all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but that's uh, that's cool. And, you know, that's one thing that uh, strikes me about you and the work that you do. And I love, like, certainly you've talked to me about you play a lot of kids. You said you mm -hmm. do voiceover work for kids. Because, <laughs> of course, you have a lovely quality to your voice. But also, I think it's you have a really special sense of play mm -hmm. that I think is rad. Oh, thank you. I, 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 I like hearing that yeah. um, because I this is... This is a true, very true statement. I need to have fun. Yeah, right. I need that fun. That fun thing is so important for me. And yeah, and that sense of play is so like I'm a big kid. Yeah. I have clouds on my ceilings, right? True. I there's a lot of unicorns in my house, just unicorns, sculptures, and stuff of unicorn. <laughs> I need to see fun. I need to create fun. I need to be around fun because it's it's there's a lot of not fun things. And I think this is what scares me is that I know what it's like. Not that I'm sure everybody knows when the fun is not on. Yeah. Right. It's like, shit, now I'm as much as I could have fun. And I think comics are like that. The fun part of us is really, really high, but the dark side of the dark side of us, we're not getting back up. And that's what some people probably don't understand or don't know about comics. If you, if we don't project some of this comedy, if I don't create some, if I don't get on stage, if I don't, if I'm not on set, that and if the dark part starts taking over, that's that's not that's not something that it it, it actually does scare me of how dark things could be. I know what you mean. It's like it's. Do you know bloodletting? That you do you know? Sorry, go ahead. No, I don't know. But it, I I was I was adding to. The, Oh, you were, I see, I was you, doing were, yes, you were making a dramatic moment. Yes, and. God for you. I no, 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 you okay. did it. You're perfect. <laughs> Great, thanks. So it's like old science, mm. de sort of debunked medicine, where like if you have a disease in you, you um, bleed out a little bit and that gets some of the toxins out. Oh. So it's kind of that idea of like, you just need to give yourself, I'm not advocating yes. cutting, but I'm just saying metaphorically <laughs> right, speaking. Right, right, right. Give yourself a little cut. Let some of the rainbow, uh, you know, sparkles bleed out into yeah. onto the stage or onto the paper or whatever. Yeah. And then it's not just festering inside you because yeah. as creatives too, I don't really like that word. It sounds too corporate. As weird art kids. Ooh, we, I like that. Thank you. We, I think we are compelled to 
create and play. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like my life force. And it sounds like that is yours too. Yeah. And you know, when, especially when you hear um, that line, I, I don't remember where I heard it, but it says it was that comedy is actually tra- tragedy plus time equals comedy oh. or something like that. And I remember thinking, yeah, there's, there's a lot of truth in it. A lot of my, their, my stand-up or jokes that I think they're doing really well or stuff that actually made me uncomfortable back in the day that, or uh, stuff that I didn't want to talk about. But somehow when you put a spin on it or you actually say it out loud, you don't know how much it'll resonate to people. Yes. And people love that. That's all we're laughing at. And another thing I heard too, I had a teacher who once told me laughter is recognition. Yes. Which I love because it's true. You're like, yes, I know that. I know that. And you'd be surprised. And this is why, again, everyone should be, go to therapy. And I know if you can financially go to therapy, if you could write somewhere, just if you, anyone should be going to therapy because- being able to say it out loud, just like you were saying, to get that thing out. And then it, it puts things in perspective. It gets you to talk to someone. And then if it's not the, that someone, it's the audience of putting that thing out that has been just inside of you. A hundred percent. Terrible feeling. It's weird. I mean, I'm I'm excited for stages to start opening again. Ah, yes. soon. So let's recap yes. now because uh, yes. we went off off the path in a delightful way but just for the record for historical mm-hmm. records yes dora played by and dorval lola ah lola sorry lola. lola don't talk about my girlfriend like that please Ooh, put some respect on my girlfriend's I name misnamed her lola on chambre yes. de ville chambre yes uh, yes yeah, so that started first where you're like what's happening yes then we yes. go straight to hardcore pornography for the story yes not yeah for the story yeah all respect to those actresses 100 percent. then we split into two live mm. uh twin sisters yes uh, english and french daphne who uh you know have that great symbiotic relationship where they <laughs> keep each other and then finally evolving into you yes where you enter relationships like sexuality forward with not a single fuck to give yeah yeah perfect pretty much <laughs> that sounds interesting to hear in back. i was like that's my timeline you're like there i go and yes. uh and not dead yet so to be continued lots lots of lola openings <laughs> <laughs> hey lola lola Hit me up, yes. and Val, if you're listening uh please send an email send a uh, dm uh, Yes. And I know she speaks English, so she could be listening. She could be listening. And if you identify as queer in any way, I would like to book you. Yes. So Daphne, I'm loving talking to you, but our time is almost running out. Mm-hmm. So before I say goodbye, would you like to play yes. a game? <gasps> I love games. Oh, great. You said yes before I even asked you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> okay, great. So this game is called Queer, Queerer, Queerist. Queer, <laughs> the rules are very simple. I'm going to give you three things. You're going to put them in order from least queer to most queer okay. and tell me why. Okay. Ooh, I'm scared. Any questions? No, I'm excited. Don't be scared. This is a safe space. Okay. I won't share this audio with anyone. Okay. <laughs> okay. Thing number one, Miss Pac-Man. <laughs> are you familiar? Yes. Uh, Perfect. She has a little bow. Yes, a little bow. <laughs> Maybe it's Pac-Man with a bow. We don't know the story. We don't know. Miss Pac-Man. Thing number two. Seasonal amusement parks okay. that are open year round. Okay. Okay. So, for example, a, there's one in Ontario, but there's a few called Santa's Village, uh, but you can go in the summer too. Oh, and Santa Claus is there? Yeah. And people are dressed like elves, but it's like Ew. full summer. You're not it's, supposed to be there in the summer, Santa. I know. It's unholy. Yeah. Okay. okay so, save your judgment. Thing number three. The Rosie Perez dance intro to Spike Lee's 1989 film, Do the Right Thing. Rosie Perez. Have you seen this movie? I did. And I'm trying to remember. It's basically her like boxing to the song Fight the Power. Okay. 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 Yes. Yes. yes, It's hot as hell. Yes. Okay. Uh, Okay. The order. I will go from. um, Okay. So the top one, the, the queerest. Wait, wait, wait. Is start with, yeah, start with least queer. Look, of course, that makes more sense. We want to build the suspense. You're a storyteller. Come on. Absolutely. So the least queer is the seasonal... Um, amusement park. Fair amusement park, mm. yeah. Mm. Um, I think it's just because it's very upsetting to me that I know that Santa <laughs> Claus could be there. 
And he's not supposed to be there. Just like you're sweating. Not, yeah, but you're not supposed to be there in the, in the winter. Like, actually, I will put straight for them. Not even square. <laughs> not even least square. It's no, just straight. <laughs> it's just straight. You're, you're missing. You're not supposed to be there. And we're yeah. trying to explain to you that this is not your spot. And it's not Get working. Out. Get out. Okay. <laughs> the next one would be Rosie Perez. Oh, wow. Yes. Yes. And... If I remember that scene, I was very sweaty. Yeah. She's dancing. It's it's like violent dancing. Yeah. And I, I all I could think about is the sweat. And then sweat makes you think about sex. And then it makes me think about the porn that I watched. I'm like, yes. Right. Yeah. All systems go. Oh, it's already. Sorry, Lola. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Lola. Lola, je suis désolé. Lola, je suis désolé. Just un peu désolé, but you have been replaced. Oui, c'est la faute de Rosie. And, <laughs> yes, and the last one has to be Pat, Pat, Pat Woman? Man, oh, maybe well, I Pat. don't know. It's, you know, it's a new era. Maybe it's time for a new name. Yes. We'll call, well, for Mrs. Pac-Man, yeah, I think she, she is because she's just eating all the time. <laughs> she's I was, hungry. <laughs> I, I was holding on to that joke. Yeah. <laughs> She's yeah, she's real thirsty. Yeah, she's not she she's my type of she's my type of girl, you know. She doesn't she means business, okay? She, and talk about body, she's all curves. And I love curves. Man, she's I love just, mm. yeah, and then that little bowl makes her fun. So I know mm. we could have a good talk. And I feel like she smokes weed. You can't eat that much if you don't smoke weed. So <laughs> she's just mega stoned. I love her. I love her. <laughs> I feel like we could talk a lot. Uh, just that we could talk a lot, we could have a lot of sex. She's always talking. Yeah, and always eating. So wow. I'm ready to go. <laughs> I love her already. I'm surprised she, I've never thought about her like that before. But I think this is the start of a whole new crush, <gasps> maybe like a new sexual fantasy. I don't know how you'd fulfill that because I mean, certain th- furry, there's certain things you can like cosplay and like right. you know, set the mood. I don't know if, I don't know how you make, well, this is becoming a dirtier podcast, but well, yeah, I would let her show me a few things. Yes. I feel like she'd want to show me things. I'd let her do her thing first. Yeah, but here's the thing: because if you played that game, whenever you she's just like gobbling up, and then you get the power up, and it goes like crazy disco mode. Yeah. So the yeah. Me, the crazy like EDM music starts. Mm-hmm. So you would be in control when you switch that music on. She's she can't control herself oh yeah yeah this is when we're gonna go on a date when she's in that mode that's right <laughs> yeah when she's all out of like this is when we're fucking <laughs> yeah when you're like alexa play that uh, crazy edm music that makes miss pac-man a horny for my butt and she's like daphne again i was like we don't have to listen to this song if you don't want to but she's possessed. <laughs> oh yeah, my god I... so hot okay so let's recap so yes. least queer was uh, parks that are open year round because Santa, you're not supposed to be there. To that one is straight, Daphne. That's yeah, 100%. You're straight, get out of town, wrong podcast. Right. Queerer <laughs> was Rosie Perez in the intro of Do the Right Thing, Swear. which I almost queerest because it seemed like it was turning you on pretty significantly. It does. I might just have to put Rosie and Mrs. Pacman <sighs> at the same level and then we all go out together. Whoa, it's the first devil double queerest. I'm not, I'm not, I don't care about monogamy. And you know what? I when said it from the beginning. Please, no surprise. You're acting surprised. Why are you acting surprised? <laughs> <laughs> she led with it. Okay, so that may be queerest. And then other queerest was... Mrs. Pac-Man. Yes, other queerest was... M- who I think it's Miss Pac-Man, but Miss- Mrs. Pac-Man if you're nasty, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Mama. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. So let me check your score because this is a very scientific test. Ooh. One, two, three. Numbers, numbers, numbers. Congratulations, you win. And- Oof, I was so nervous. <laughs> you did a great job. You are, in fact, a queer person. Good. I was so, thank you for saying that. I didn't want to, like, not win in front of all my girlfriends. I know. And sometimes <laughs> I have to tell people they lost and they have to break up with their queer partners. That's terrible. Oh, terrible. Sucks for them, though. Not me. <laughs> <laughs> not me. I'm a winner, baby. <laughs> so before I let you go, Daphne, anything you want to plug? Uh, yeah. Now that we're back in person, mm-hmm. um, Coco and and I are doing uh, Things Black Girls Say on the 22nd. Yes, this say. is Comedy Legend. And you made me queer past guest, Coco Galore. Yeah, it's going to be fun. That's going to be our first time back on stage. So it's on the 22nd 
at seven o'clock. And then we're doing Matt and Friends, which another show that Matt Foliate is doing, which is he's our coach yeah. on August 27 at eight o'clock and you have to buy your ticket early on. So this is great. You've given us a time. You've given us a date. You have not told us where. That's classic Daphne. I was like, thank you very much. <laughs> You're like, bye. Good luck finding it. Gotta go. Bye. Uh, it's at Comedy Bar. Both of them are at Comedy Bar, which is, uh, is Austin Station. Yes. And the exit, Delaware. Yeah. And that's near where I live. I'm like around the corner. And we will, I will Ooh. say, because this is an international podcast, we have listeners across the globe. Oh, yes. But if you're in Toronto, yeah, Comedy Bar is right by Austin yes. Station, the Delaware. Uh, Avenue exit. I live on Delaware Avenue. Do you really? I do. Um, so you people, you got to go if you can. If not, uh, find Daphne and Coco stuff online. They have tons of videos. Become a super fan and then find them when they go out on tour. Yay! And depending on which language you see it in, you don't know which Daphne you're going to get. Who knows? Who knows? Been that bottle, baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I want to thank you, Daphne, because I was pretty queer when this conversation started. But talking to you has made me queerer than ever. Oh, thank you, Cher, for having me. <laughs> My pleasure. Okay, take care. Bye. Tell Lola I say hi. Oh, Lola, let's go show. Okay, and that is our show. So as always, you can send me mail at youmademequeer at gmail.com. Please remember, if you haven't already, to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. This is the kind of thing I say a lot, so I know you're immune to it. But just go do it. Why not go do it? Go do it. I love you. Cue credits. You Made Me Queers created, produced, and edited by me, Trevor Campbell. Our theme song is by Critty. For more of her music, check out lavenderbruisers.bandcamp.com. Our website is youmademequeer.com. Our Instagram and Twitter handles are at youmademequeer. New episodes of You Made Me Queer come out every other Thursday on the Sonar Network. And from the bottom of my big, bent heart, thank you for listening. Until next time, remember, we're here... We're queer, and it's your fault.